Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky Community. I'm Dr. Carolyn Moyers, your host of Board Certified OB Guide in Texas. And this is take two because I'm recording from my car on the morning of a podcast uh, production. Because as much as I like the idea of batching, I am a mom of four, I am running a business. And we are going through a lot of transitions recently to accommodate more patients. And the last couple of weeks have felt rather painful, but (laughs) I am encouraged um, by feedback from patients. Uh, Several new patients who have come in have found me through online resources and then landed on our podcast and listened to the podcast and feel a level of like no trust uh, before walking into the office. And that is ultimately the goal um, one, that you feel empowered in your life to be your own best healthcare advocate, to live your best, healthiest life, because I'm not everybody's doctor. Um, but I'll just say thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. And thank you for your patience and your grace, because as a busy mom, I mean, this is take two for me this morning because I was interrupted by my uh, newly minted five-year-old who found me this morning recording So after snuggling him and putting him back to bed, I have moved to the garage into my car, which has really decent audio, and I'm hoping to not be found to share a little information with you. (laughs) So let's get started. We're talking about a really important topic today that affects many women, and that's labial fusion, labial resorption, and clitoral adhesions. Now, I will say a lot of times women don't even know that this is happening. I don't even know that this is going on until there's a problem. These conditions can cause significant discomfort and pain, but with proper treatment, most women find relief. So I I will say that before taking, before joining the International Society for the Women's Sexual Health, uh, the study of women's sexual health, before taking the genitopelvic pain course over the the previous six months, um, I really didn't pay as much attention to these things. Um, it was like the vulva were just, you know, the curtain on the way to the big show and the big show was the cervix. We had to get our pap smear, right? Um, but now that I take a little more time with my exams and I just start with the simply a Q-tip and touch the labia majora, looking for any pain, spreading the labia majora, looking at the labia minora and assessing any pain or any dysfunction, making sure the clitoral hood is free. Um, we're just, we're finding so much more. Um, And so I will tell you that these conditions are more common than you think. Um, So let's just get started. First, uh, let's talk about labial fusion. So labial fusion occurs when the inner lips of the vulva, known as the labia minora, become stuck together. And this can happen, honestly, at any age, but it's very common in young girls before they've gone through puberty and then in older women who are postmenopausal. Why? Lack of estrogen on board, right? So young girls go through puberty, start producing more and more estrogen, and that labial fusion typically will resolve. It can resolve spontaneously. 
Uh, but labial fusions can cause pain during sexual intercourse, penetration, putting in a tampon, difficulty with urination, even recurrent urinary tract infections. And the treatment for labial fusion typically involves using a topical estrogen cream that can help to loosen the adhesions, restore normal anatomy of the vulva. In some cases, surgical intervention may be necessary to separate the labia and improve those symptoms. I can think of a handful of times over the years I've been practicing as an ob that I've had to take someone to the operating room specifically for this. So another condition that can affect the labia is resorption. And this occurs when the labia minora starts to shrink. They become smaller over time. Um, sometimes they, it's almost like they disappear into the labia majora. And it can cause discomfort and irritation. I usually see it occurring more commonly in the lower two thirds of the labia. So if you think about the opening of the vagina, that introitus, that vestibule, that, that entry into the vagina uh, is where we start seeing those changes early on. It can be a normal part of the aging process, but it's definitely accelerated with hormonal changes. So when have I seen this? Um, in the postpartum period after childbirth, um, certain medical conditions we can see it more often with and, and then in perimenopause and, and postmenopause. So what's the treatment? Topical estrogen treatment. Again, every vagina loves estrogen. Estrogen helps to restore the thickness and the elasticity of the labia that also decreases or it, it improves vaginal dryness. Um, so when we apply vaginal estrogen cream. Um, typically, you know, you can get it in a tablet, a ring, um, a gel capsule. Like there's all these different options for vaginal estrogen when we're talking about vaginal dryness, um, it, just those vaginal atrophy type symptoms that happen, the genitourinary symptoms of menopause. But we're talking specifically about the vulva. When it's the vulva, I'm not so wild about um, any of the inserts that don't involve the cream because the cream coats the vulva so well. And so sometimes I'm having patients actually apply it to the vulva when we see these conditions. But if you're putting a vaginal insert, like a one gram of vaginal estrogen three times a week, if you're putting it in that lower third of the vagina, it's going to ooze and coat the vulva. Um, but just so you know, kind of why I'm talking specifically about estrogen cream and not so much tablets, pills, rings, et cetera. So with labial resorption, you know, that really is the treatment. Um, perhaps in some arenas of plastic surgery, they or or. Um, cosmetic gyne surgery, they may be telling you that they can, you know, kind of remake your vulva. I would be very leery of that because there is a lot of blood supply and um, nerve endings in that area. And you could wind up impacting sexual function, um, bowel, bladder function, so we want to be just very mindful of that. And the more conservative approach would be um, just to use vaginal estrogen. However, I will say 
that that genitourinary region, uh, when we start getting those bubble vaginal atrophy symptoms, um, you know, the, the vaginal region loves androgens and estrogen, so testosterone and estrogen, and they help to, um, those sex hormones regulate um, the, in the genitourinary tissues. So sometimes I will use a vaginal estrogen testosterone cream or combination, sorry, compounded cream, whenever we are seeing like vestibulitis, so pain and irritation to the opening of the vulva. So all of this is really important because our vaginal region, like if you're feeling your vulva whenever you're sitting, we got a problem, right? Um, this entire region um, is involved in urination, in bowel movements, in intercourse. So with all of that impacting, you know, quality of life. So it's important that, that these things are looked at. Okay, finally, let's talk about clitoral adhesions. So this is a really interesting one, guys, because I am surprised at how many times I find um, clitoral adhesions. And there is actually a great study, and I'm going to pull it up here. Um, there is a study um, in sexual med from 2018, and it's just a retrospective study. So this is looking back in time at the prevalence and the risk for clitoral adhesions. And you're like, well, what does that even mean? So in the anatomy of our lady bits, right, the glans clitoris is covered by a prepuce that normally moves over the gland surface and then is retracted um, beyond the cor corona. corona. Tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> okay, so clitoral adhesions can range from mild to severe. So where there's just mild little adhesions to the labia menorah that, that create that clitoral hood have completely fused together. And you say, well, why does this matter, right? This can cause discomfort um, during sexual activity, can prevent orgasm. Um, and You can get erythema, like redness. You can get yeast infections in that area. Um, and it can also create sexual dysfunction. So case in point, patient this week has a severe um, clitoral adhesion, cannot even see her clitoris. And she was describing um, during, you know, taking her history that her clitoris was sensitive and not in a good way and that the discomfort that she experienced wasn't even worth having an orgasm. So there's a, there's definitely a wide range out there. Many people don't even realize that it's going on and have zero complications, but you know, if it's severe, it's a closed compartment. And so that space underneath becomes adherent, gets stuck. Um, And then you get this irritation, erythema, redness, 
and it can become infected. So in this particular study that I mentioned, um, it was looking at, you know, what's the prevalence and what are the risk factors? And they found a prevalence and severity of clitoral adhesions to be uh, 44% for mild, 34% moderate, and 22% severe. So 14% had clitoridynia. Say that again. <laughs> clitoridynia is pain of the clitoris. So of the individuals who had clitoral adhesions, 22% were severe. 14% of those in the study group had a painful clitoris. Risk factors seem to be a history of sexual pain, yeast infections, urinary tract infections, blunt perennial or genital trauma, lichen sclerosis, and a low free testosterone. Other sexual dysfunctions, including persistent genital arousal disorder, can also uh, is also in that list. So women with sexual dysfunction should routinely undergo a clitoral physical exam. And if the glands corona is not fully visualized, then clitoral adhesions need to be suspected. And if you're seeing a provider who's not comfortable with sexual pain management, then you need to seek somebody out or ask for a referral. Initial treatment for clitoral adhesions, typically um, we can apply some hydrocortisone or sorry, some cortisone cream, some steroid cream to the um, clitoral hood where you uh, have the patient actually retract back for a week and apply the steroid cream. Um, I also always start with vaginal estrogen to help loosen the adhesions and restore normal function. And then um, sometimes if it's not, if it's a mild or moderate case, a lot of times I can bring them into the office and actually numb it up. So think like you're going in for a um, radio frequency to your face, right? And they're going to put numbing cream on for th about 30 minutes prior to the procedure. So we apply the numbing cream to that clitoris and let it sit for 20 to 30 minutes when we're sure that we are completely numb actually go in with a little mosquito forcep and a little retraction and dissect that out and there's no no cutting or anything like that it's basically just breaking up the adhesions so fairly simple procedure in the right skilled hands okay <laughs> um, and then there are cases when surgical intervention may be necessary to correct the problem so the other thing that is definitely on my mind as I think about this is the use of fractional la laser technology on the aging vagina. And we know we've seen it studied in restoring vaginal dryness, um, in an aging vaginal wall, um, even helping with repeated um, infections or urinary incontinence and other factors that it's been looked at. But I would be wary of anyone who's really um, pushing you to use a laser or radio frequency because we don't have a lot of studies and evidence. But what we do know is that 
you know, it, it penetrates the vaginal tissue, stimulates neovascularization, improves natural lubrication of the vaginal wall and improves collagen synthesis, which is the same concept when we're using the laser on our face, right? Um, so we know about using it vaginally. My interest really is using it to the vulvar tissue. And I'm really watchful of, of the research right now. Um, there was a study back in July of 21 that was published in um, the Journal of Menopause that found that fractional CO2 laser therapy and topical estrogen were both effective treatments for um, postmenopausal symptoms related to vulvovaginal atrophy um, or those genitourinary symptoms of menopause, which cause vulvar and vaginal skin to become thinner and more fragile. So that's really what we're looking at is, is really optimizing um, that, that skin that loses its elasticity, becomes so much thinner as we age and as we have a loss of estrogen. So in conclusion, labial fusions, labial resorption, clitoral adhesions can be uncomfortable and painful for patients, but with proper treatment, most can find relief. And if you're experiencing any of these conditions, it's important to talk to your healthcare provider to determine the best course of action for you. Before we go, I do want to address vaginal estrogen because I've heard so many times, oh, I had breast cancer, I can't take vaginal estrogen, or oh, I had a blood clot, I can't take vaginal estrogen. Eh, wrong. There is virtually no risk in taking vaginal estrogen. It is true that a small amount of estrogen placed in the vagina may get into the bloodstream. But if you were to take, to use vaginal estrogen, like a vaginal estrogen pill, so say Vagipim, for instance, for one year, the amount of estrogen that would get into your bloodstream would be approximately the same amount as would get into your bloodstream from taking the birth control pill one time. So one year of treatment equals to one day of a pill. So just to put that in perspective, yes, there is a black box warning on the package insert for vaginal estrogen, and it is bogus, okay? The FDA requires that all companies making drugs that contain estrogen and estrogen and progesterone for menopausal women include this black box warning on labels that states that drugs may increase the risk of heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, and breast cancer. However, there is zero evidence for this to support this claim for vaginal estrogen. It is absolutely wrong and is doing a disservice to women. So don't let outdated information or incorrect information scare you away from treatment that could improve your quality of life. Talk to your doctor about vaginal estrogen and make sure your vulva is getting examined if you're having any particular concerns. Thanks for listening to Sky Women and I look forward to sharing more information with you on important health topics in the future. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community, thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, 
Look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.